Wait, and Rabbi Noyam, and Rabbi Come on. Okay, here we go. Today's daf is daf Chav Gimel. You're right, and Rabbi Dov. Uh, page 23, and we pick up with Omar Rava on the second line. Let's remind ourselves, the Gemara has a fascinating machlaikas. When I light a fire, is it Ishoi Mishum Chitzoi? Is my fire like my, my, my arrow that I shoot? It's Mamish my Kayach? Or is Ishoi Mishum Memoinai? Is my fire like my property? Okay? We don't have a proof as to who's correct. Or Bechanan, Ishoi Mishum Chitzoi, or Bechanan, Ishoi Mishum Memoinai. So let's see. Amar Rava. Rava says, Kashalei la Abaye. Abaye had a question. Second line. Lamanda Omar, Ishai Mishom Chitzai, according to the opinion that Ishai Mishom Chitzai, we'll clean up some more, that it's Mamishir Kayach, Tomun Ba'isha, Potter Achman, Hechim Mishkachasna. There's interesting halacha. The Rabbonon say that when fire burns something which is hidden, when fire burns something which is hidden, you're Potter. So Abai has the basic question. Where do you if Isha Mishum Chitzay but it's Mamish my Kayach? What where does this come from? That Adam Hamazik you have a person damaging and you're off the hook because it's covered over. Where does that come from? According Venechalei and Abai answered. For example, I'll tell you how it's possible. Where the fire started out in that Chatzar that I started a particular Chatzar I started the fire. That's where we say that it's no longer chitzay. Kali it's it's like it's been removed, it's been destroyed. The case of the arrow, meaning like this: If I light a fire, and my fire has zero ability to spread past my field, and then something happens, either you come along. And you break down the wall that would have stopped my fire, or you come and add fuel so that my fire could continue. My chitzay has now stopped. And Mamela, where do I say Isa Mishum Chitzah? See, here's an important qualification. It's only my arrow, as long as from the moment I lit the flame, it had the ability to keep spreading. But if at the time that I lit the flame, it didn't have the ability to keep spreading into somebody else's field, you can't call the further kayach my, my arrow. It's not my arrow. It wasn't my kayak, it was your kayak, or something else happened that allowed the fire to continue. That's not, it's not my thing. And that's where we say, we are putter on tamen, on things that are hidden. When it's no longer chitzah, but anything which, anything which initially had the ability to be burnt because of my lighting, that's isha bishim chitzah, and would be chayav even on tamen. Ask the Gemara, Yachiv, Inyan, Gali, Nami, Kali, Lechetzi, so then, even things that are open, we should say there's no such thing as chetzia. Says the Gemara, let me tell you something. According to the opinion that a fire is mishum chitzay, Rabbi Yechiram, he'll hold that there's times where your fire will be your property. Okay, you're chayv mishum emayna. You're obligated on both. For example, shahilay the gaidra v'lay gaidra. Okay. So, uh, in a case where you light a fire. And there's a fence which would stop the fire. The fence falls down. Now, Herzegheim, am I obligated? 
So it's going to depend. If you have the ability to rebuild the wall before the fire spreads, now you're negligent that if the fire spreads, it's still considered, uh, it's still considered your responsibility. <clears throat> but that responsibility maybe will shift from chitzai to memaynei. It's no longer my chitzai, it's now I'm obligated because of my property. Now it's your ox that's going and damaging. And it's the same way you didn't close the pen, the corral in front of the ox. It's if you had an opportunity to build a wall in front of a fire and you didn't do that, we're going to put the onus on you and obligate you due to property. Pause for a minute. Meaning like this. This is not complicated, but just follow. This is, this is, this is layered. See, here's the layer. Rabbi Yechanan says, Ishai Mishum Chitzai. If something were to happen where my initial lighting, the flame, the fire would stop. But so it's no longer Chitzai, but something happens that allows the fire to spread. If I could have stopped it and I didn't, what just happened is until that place where it should have stopped is called Chitzai, from that point onwards is called Memainai. I'm obligated because of my property, but I'm not obligated because of chait. Practical difference, hidden things. Initially, anything that's under chitzay, I'm obligated when it's hidden. Anything past that, wouldn't be obligated. If you, according to the opinion, that isha mishum chitzay and nami maine, so what's going to be a practical difference? After the Gemara, Ika benayu lechayvay barbadvarim, difference going to be, because if I say if I say that the fire is because of my strength, well, guess what? The same way when a person damages, you're obligated on the damage, on the pain, on the medical bills, on the loss of work, and on the embarrassment. So too it is if my fire does that to a person. I'm obligated on all these things as well. But anything that happens, I'm not going to be obligated on. Beautiful. Two dots. We said on the on the charar, on the cookie, you're going to pay nezek shalim and balagodesh mshalim chatzin nezek man chayev. Says the Gemara, who is obligated? Now we're assuming over here that not that we're assuming. The case is where a dog took a cookie with a coal attached over to a haystack. Was it the dog's cookie? No. no. So the dog takes a cookie owned by somebody else with a coal attached to the bottom over the haystack, puts it down, the haystack lights on fire. Cookie, you pay Nezik Shalim. On the haystack, half damage. Who? Who's paying? Follow the dog. So is it the owner of the dog or is it the owner of the cookie? Says the Gemara, Bala Kelev. We're sure they want the owner of the dog. Okay? Says the Gemara, L'chaev Nami Bala Here's the problem. Why can't the owner of the dog say to the owner of the cookie, you left your hot cookie with a coal attached to the bottom out in a place where my dog could get it, that puts an onus on you too. You're also part of this, uh, uh, you're also part of this damage. Why am I the, solely the one uh, responsible? You're negligent as well. Okay? Says the Gemara, who says that he was negligent? Maybe the coal was protected. And the dog did something unique, says the Gemara. But one second, then tell me what the story is. If the coal was protected, how did the dog get there in the first place? Answers the Gemara, What happened was, the dog went ahead and, uh, and, um, what? Dug. Thank you. Dogs dig and went under the fence and found its way to the coal. Amar of Mari, Breder of Kahana, Zotomeret, 
Stam delosa is chasura is heim eitzel kelev. You should know this teaches us that um, even if a door is locked, uh, a locked door is considered a dug through door when it comes to dogs. Okay. What this means is like this. Rashi explains like this. Give out. How did the dog get to the cookie? Dog. The owner of the dog is now going to pay what on the cookie? Nezek Shalom. That means that it's Shane. You're going to pay the owner of the cookie Shane because you're paying Nezek Shalom. If it would be unusual, the owner of the dog show to dig under a fence, the owner of the dog should only be obligated Chatsi Nezek. Half damage on the cookie. And the fact I'm obligating Nezek Shalim on the cookie, says the Gemara, what this is teaching me is, for a dog to dig under a fence is considered normal vis-a-vis the owner of the dog. The owner of the dog can't say, my dog got to this cookie in a weird way, in an unusual way. No, this is called, even if it's a locked gate, it's normal for dogs to dig their way under gates. Says the Gemara, okay, fine. So we've established, a dog goes, digs under a gate, takes the cookie with a coal that was originally watched. And that's why the owner of the coal is off the hook. Where did the dog eat the cookie? Because we said you're paying Nezek Shalim. And what's the case here? Shane, right? If the dog ate the cookie on a haystack belonging to somebody else, the question is, why has he got to pay for the cookie in order to be obligated on Shane? It has to be in somebody else's field. Okay? So it has to be the owner of the cookie. Bir Bisteyachar seems to imply the damage has to happen in the field of the owner of, the per, of, of that item. So I'll tell you, okay, here's the case. The, do, the dog dug under the gate and ate the cookie by the haystack of the owner of the cookie. So you have one owner who's owning both the cookie and the haystack. And since it's the same owner, so the cookie you're still going to be paying Nezek Sholem, but on the Hesed, going to pay half damage. Says the Gemara, okay. Now that we have clarity as to what the situation was, what's the storyline of this dog and the cookie, okay? Dog digs under the fence, there's protected, and now he's doing damage both in the field of the, of the cookie owner and the haystack. Same guy, fine. Tivshite, why don't we, says the Gemara, we should learn from here. Depi para. When you have the mouth of a cow, top of Amadez, kechatzer hanizik dami should be considered kechatzer hanizik. It's considered like the courtyard of the uh, of the uh, victim. Because if we're going to be considering the mouth of the cow to be like the damager's yard, my boy Let the owner um, of the, let the dog say to the owner of the cookie. Come on. Say to the dog, say to the owner of the cookie, um, my boy, Riftach, what is your bread doing in my dog's mouth? Okay? Which means that we know when any damage is done in the domain of the damager, he's off the hook. Gavar is just bringing out a chap. We're bringing out a chap, but it's a, it's a way to strategize and understand. If a damaging party damages in its own courtyard. Is it ever chayev? No. For shus mazik, it's my courtyard. Says the Gemara, well, so that basically means 
<clears throat> every time a dog takes a cookie, is it damaging the cookie in that yard, or maybe the cookie is getting bitten in the dog of the mouth? So once it's in the dog of the mouth, it's considered the mazik's courtyard. It's being damaged in my property, not in your property. Says Gemara. Well, you see from here that's not so. It's not so. Okay. The Ibailahu, because how this conversation even start, they asked the question, P para the mouth of a cow. Okay. The mouth of a cow. Uh, now the cow is in the victim's courtyard, we'll call it, but it's eat damaging in its own mouth. So is that called the Nizik's uh, domain where it's being damaged or the mazik? The it's the mazik's courtyard, the damager. How are you ever going to be obligated for shame? Says so a, a, base, a basic question. Yeah, you have the question. That, like, if you're always going to tell me that the mouth is considered the damager's courtyard, you shame and regal's potter Specifically, shame is potter You can never have rishusarab because it's always being damaged inside the mouth. So it's got to be that there's no there's no uh, question that it's not called the mazik's domain. For example, I'll tell you where you could have Shane, where it didn't do damage literally in a way of eating, but maybe remember, Shane is anytime it gets benefit. So we said, it's got to be that Shane is called, it's got to be that it's, it's uh, when an animal eats in a public domain, it's not called the domain of the damager and obligate you in Shane. It doesn't work. Yes, it does. Because Shane is not literally eating. You could damage in a Rishus Harab and be putter. When? When that dog scratching itself against the wall in a public domain and then breaks something by that, where it's rolling itself on, uh, on uh, tomatoes in the public domain. Deer is not entering the mouth of the dog, so never entered the Rishus Hamazik, but maybe in general when it does eat, when it does mamish eat, you would be, uh, you would be, chai, you would be putter because it's, um, it's Rishus Hamazik. Maslam Razutram, Zuch has a challenging question. I don't understand. According to Rav Mari, that the case has to be where it's scratching itself against the wall or rolling on fruits. It's not completely destroying the object. It's just turning it into ketchup. And the case of the Pasuk says, when you destroy it with your tooth, that's according to Rav Mari, there's no such thing by shame. Because <laughs> then it's not shame. It's called damager's property. Ravina Omar the Shaft Sami. Ravina said, I'll, I'll tell you what it means that it's destroyed. Where maybe there's a tselem along the wall or along whatever it is. There's some sort of. Uh, there's some people that are very talented in making um, little tchotchkes out of food. Little tchotchkes out of food. I, you know, I'm sure I could think of a better example. For some reason, this is what's popping into my head. I haven't thought about this in years. But my the sister right above me, she was a big. She, she's a big patchker. She loves baking and cooking and and uh, all the fancy uh, all the fancy stuff. So what she would always send, not always, but often. When I remember as a kid, when somebody was making a kiddish or a shalom for a girl or shalom zucker for a boy, the thing my sister would do is take a watermelon. And she knew how to carve out a baby carriage from a watermelon. And then she would empty out the whole center into scoops. 
of watermelon and then like refill it up with like a whole fancy uh, fruit dish and then send over a watermelon looking uh, baby carriage. Let's say something like that, okay? So the Gemara says like this, what does it mean kasher yavara gol on tuma if you're not eating it? I'll tell you what. Let, it could be the animal rubbed itself against one of these things that are in a specific shape, like a baby carriage or something of that sort. And now that it, ru- now that it, it uh, ruined the shape, that's called a complete destruction. Not that it's not around and it's digested. Maybe destruction means that you ruined any sort of tselem, any sort of shape or form that, form that was there previously. Ravashi says, Ravashi, I'll give you another example. The Pase Pesue, it, uh, it mamish like squished the uh, fruit so much and, and trampled on it so much that you simply don't have any fruit anymore. It's now completely, uh, it's now completely ruined. Okay. Toshma, come and listen. Shisa bayes akelev. If somebody sicks a dog, is that the right word? To sick a dog, right? S-I-C. Shisa bayes anachash, or you sick a snake. Putter. The Allah is putter. I get a dog angry at somebody else. I get a snake to be angry at somebody else, and that snake goes and bites the guy, or a dog goes and bites the guy. Allah is, I'm putter bidine adam. I'm putter bidine adam. Man putter. Who's putter? Mishasa putter. The owner of the, 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 the one who sicked the dog or the snake is putter. V'chayav balakele. But the owner of the animal is going to be chayav. Okay? That's the assumption. V'i amrit kechatzaramazik dami. If you're going to say that the mouth of the snake, the mouth of the dog, is considered the courtyard of the mazik. Gishmak. Le'malei man boy yotcha bepumei dechal boy. This is wild. Somebody just tonight, Mamash, I got to hear the whole story. Someone in the shul was bitten by a dog. His hand was bitten by a dog on his way to shul for for mincha this afternoon. Okay, so if the if the um, mouth of a dog is considered the domain of the damager, let the damaging guy say to the victim who got bit by his dog, "What's your hand doing in my dog's mouth? It was my property." If he's the one who's obligated. Say, says the Gemara, all right, Potter af Meshasa. I'll tell you what it means. It means that, that uh, the owner of the dog is Potter because it's the damager's courtyard, so he's, he's off the hook. And even the one who sicked him is also Potter. Or you could say, where the uh, snake or the dog never bit the guy's hand in its mouth, it could be it stuck out its tooth, visarte. And, uh, and, Stuck out its tooth and kind of did the damage outside the mouth, but never really entered the domain of the uh, of the dog or the snake. Okay, fine. Toshma, come and listen from here. Hishich boy es hanachash. Okay, so if let's say I mamish, I don't sick the snake or dog. I take the mouth of the dog and I take the snake, the mouth of the snake, and I bite the guy, I force it on. Okay, so I'm going ahead with, uh, I'm going ahead with the biting. You need something? Put this in or take it out? He's just excited that you're biting somebody. Oh. So, Rabbi Yehuda Machayev, Rabbi Yehuda says you're obligated. According to Yudu says that the venom of a snake stands in its mouth. So now, your mamish killing the guy directly with poison. This guy's going to be chay of misa. 
and uh, the owner, the owner of the snake, is not going to be obligated, right? Because uh, he didn't do anything. But according to Chum, that the even a poisonous snake, which could lead to death, but when I stick its mouth in, the snake also has to do its own thing in uh, sending out its venom, sending out its poison. So then, So then, the the snake is going to be put to death because it killed somebody, not the owner of the snake, but the snake will. The guy who did it is not going to be chayav mitzvah, on that, whatever else it is. You're not going to be chayav misa because we're not going to say like you killed directly. The amr pipar kachatzer mazda. But if you're going to tell me that the mouth of a cow is considered the chutzner of the mazik lay malay, why don't we uh, let him say my boy yotchem who What is your mouth doing in what is your hand doing in the mouth of my snake? When it comes to uh, the uh, the laws of a death penalty, we don't say that when somebody's mom is killed that you could get the guy off the hook. From uh, you can get the animal off the hook from uh, from being killed because the mice say it killed. In other words, what Gemara is saying is it's very possible that it's called rishus hamazik, but we're still killing the animal anyway because what it did is so severe and there's there's a, a danger here. Umenat tamra and says Gemara, where do you get that from? Mechatesi. Because how do we learn to the brisa? Nechnas techatzer baal baish loy b'shul. Somebody enters the domain of a somebody else without permission. Unagarai unagacha yishayrei. <clears throat> and his ox scores him. Shabalabayas. Vames. So you enter somebody else's private property and the guy kill the guy's property kills you and they die. Hashar Biskila. The ox that killed is still Chayev Skila, Ubalam Batura Minakaifer. But the owner's off the hook. Says the Gemara, Balam Batura Minakaifer, my timer. Why is he putter from any sort of um Kaifer payment? Because you can say you're in my property. Says the Gemara, I don't understand. So why are you even ox on the hook? Beautiful. The ox as well. We see that when an ox is a killing ox, we don't say this svara. So as far as the owner's concerned, we'll say you're talk off the hook. But if this ox went and killed somebody, even if the guy had no right to be there, even if the guy had no right to be there, this ox is going to be, uh, is going to be put to death. Is that as a... In other words, is it being put to death because it is no like no longer safe? Like sometimes you have a if a dog bites, so they put the dog down because it's not shy to be shown the yeah. dog properly. Yeah, that's what it seems. Or is it a punishment for killing? It seems it's a. It's a okay. Yeah, you know, unless maybe we're dealing with a more, it could be different. But <clears throat> okay, says the Gemara, Amaisa, Hanu Ize, there were goats. The Bay Tarbu from the family of Tarbu. So the Tarbu family owned goats. To have a Mavsidilei, Rabbi Yosef, these goats were causing a Hefsid, were causing a loss to Rabbi Yosef. It was an ongoing destructive nuisance. Amrle la Abaye. So Rabbi Yosef said to his beloved student Abaye, Zil ema lehu marayu, go tell the owners of these goats, Dilitzne inu, he should tie them up. Make them sneeze. Bring them inside. Get them out of here. Omar Lay. Um, so Abai said to his Rebbe, Am I Azel? What am I going to gain by going? Diazlina, if I go, Amri Li, they'll say to me, Ligdar Mar Gedera Ba'are. They'll say, Listen, if you don't want our goats to damage you, you should go and build a fence. They'll go put the Achrayas on you. Build a fence around your field to keep, uh, to keep our goats out. Says the Gemara, 
And if he does build such a fence, Shane, when it comes to the damage of Shane, the Chai of Rachmana, where the Torah obligates you, Hechi Mishkachesla, says the Gemara, one second. If Rabbi Yosef would be obligated to put up a fence, how are you ever going to find a case of Shane? I'll tell you why. What's Shane? This animal went into somebody else's property, because I'm sure Sir Abin your Potter. So Shane went into somebody else's property and did damage. I don't understand. If we obligate every homeowner to be putting fences around their property, how are we ever going to find a Shane payment? In Rosh Hashanah, your potter. In Rosh Hashanah, you can save the owner of the field, put up a fence. It, uh, you know, part of the responsibility goes on you, says the Gemara. Um, similar to what we said by the dog. The animal dug its way under the fence. Inami did not forgo the Okay, the fence fell, uh, fell down at night, but in a Hanami, maybe you could uh, have a case. Maybe you could have a case, you're going to be high. Machar is of Yosef, he tamed a rabba. When people go um, to Eretz, uh, people go to Eretz Yisrael, and people going from Eretz Yisrael, everybody has to know that the goats that are out there could cause damage. We should warn the owners two or three times. Itzayis tzayis. And if the owner um, uh, is careful and locks up his goats, okay, they're not going to be obligated. Then we say, sit here and we will take your money. Meaning we're going to, uh, we're going to obligate you in payment. And not only that, Rashi explains, we're going to slaughter your goats to make sure that they don't go out there and uh, they don't go out there and damage. Okay? And again, um, Rabbi Yosef basically told Abai, make sure that these uh, animals are uh, are going to be watched. Now, beforehand, he didn't threaten to shech the animals. Now he's saying, at a certain point, even you tell the owners, listen, uh, where if you're if you're at goats, keep doing these things. We'll take them to the shlachtes. So you'll get the meat, but we'll make sure that they don't uh, they don't keep on damaging. Okay. Zok the Mishnah. What is the case of Tam? What is the case of Mu'ad? Now, do we know what a Tam is? Yeah. Do you know what a Mu'ad is? Yeah. The Mishnah said all this before. So what are we talking about? So the Mishnah will explain. Mu'ad, The way to become a Mu'ad is not any like random thing. If you have an animal that gored three separate times, the Tam, huh? Right, three different days. And a tam is when it didn't gore for three days. It is. We've been learning that a tam is an animal that hasn't yet gored three times and more gored three times. The Mishnah here, according to what we just read, is saying you could lose your muad status and go back to being a tam. If you gore for three days in a row, you're a muad. You don't gore day four, five, six, you're back to being a tam. Yeah? Um, it becomes a tam whenever you have children playing near the animal and it's safe the animal doesn't get irritated from these uh, annoying kids it doesn't gore them that animal has now sh- shown signs of being a tam my time is Rabbi Yehuda in order to be a, a muad you need to be Three separate days, as opposed to three separate gorings. I'm Rabbi. 
It says in the Pasuk Tamil on yesterday, which is Chad, Mitmail is Trey, Shilshaim Tulasa. Okay? It says Tamil, Mitmail, Shilshaim. And if you look in the Torah Ara Sholem, on the left side of the page, there's one Pasuk quoted in our Gemara from Shmais, Parachafal, Pasuk Haftas. Let's learn the Pasuk together. The Imshar Nagahu. If this animal is a goring ox, Mitmail, Shilshaim. From yesterday, Shoshan's expression of Shalish, three times. For Huad Bebalav, and now it's a Muad for the owner. For La Yishmarenu, and the owner's not watching it. For Isha, and the animal goes and kills a man or woman. So now it's negligence of the owner. Ashar Yisakal Vagambal of Yumas. Alright? So where do you get three days? He says, look at the Pasuk. Says, if you look at the Pasuk, Mitmail is an expression of days, because yesterday. So three days it has to it has to gore. Tmail chad mitmal tray shulshaim tlasa v'layish merenu balav and now the owner doesn't watch it says the pasuk asan lenegicha revias. This is going on the fourth gore. Rava amar tmail mitmal chad shulshaim tray v'layish merenu idna chayev. On the third day you're going to be obligated. This is what this is the gemara by the way that I said we're going to get to and we said a muad has developed a pattern. Of damage, I didn't want to give a number to it. According to what we're saying over here, is it going to be a muad the third time? Or Abai is it the muad the fourth time? After two times, the third time is muad, or is it after three times, where the fourth time is a muad? Rev Meir, my timing. What is the reason for Rev Meir, who says that you don't need it to be gorings on different days? Again, Mitmoil seems about, it's about days. Mitmoil Shoshan. Where does the mayor get that? It's not about days. The tongue under by Zomar of Eremir says, Top of Davchav Daldin. Rechek Negi Chaisov Chayov. If let's say the ox gores three different times on three different days, you're obligated. Kirav Negi Chaisov like Koshkin. Well, if it gores three times mamish like in one day, how much more so you amur? Amalei, Zavatechech will prove from a Zavat that just because something happens in one day doesn't make things work. Sharicha when her when she sees her. Uh, the, the flow spread out to Maya. She's Tomei. When it's all one day, you're, you're tar. So maybe it's not about three gorings and your svar is wrong. Uh, if it's spread out, you're more certainly when it's together. Not necessarily so. Rameir says, no, because they're the special pasuk that says this is the law only by Azav and Zava. The Torah tells us specifically Azav is by days. And Azov is with Reis. So, so you can't learn out anything from the laws of Tomantara to the laws of Gori. Okay, we'll hold it here. Bez Hashem, tomorrow we're going to go back to the bottom of Dafchav Gimel. We'll restart the Gemara and get back into this Machlaikas about how an animal becomes a Muad or goes back to being called a Tam. Is it a matter of days? Is it a matter of times of uh, how many times it actually gores? Have a good Tavach. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening.